Welcome to Everyday Heroes with your host, Jody Carroll. Good afternoon out there and welcome to another episode of Everyday Heroes presented by Think Freely Media. I'm Jody Carroll and today's episode is Healthy Kids Outside. According to today's guest, all of us, no matter where we live or our circumstances, ought to help kids get outside more. He says that they gain physical and mental health plus character building benefits just from being outdoors. Being outside builds judgment, promotes respect for wildlife, natural places, and the things we find there. For that discussion today, we have with us Mark J. Carr, who is the founder of Riverworks Discovery and its sub-brand, Who Works the Rivers. Riverworks Discovery is a national program that kids and families can use for free. It helps kids learn how people and animals use rivers and watersheds today, as well as throughout history. Mark, thanks so much for being here to tell us about this. Really, it's, it's a private solution that you created to solve what you saw as a bit of a public problem. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, I wanted to start, I want to go right back to the very beginning and, and, you know, what made you wake up one day and think to yourself, you know, we need to get kids healthy outside and let's get them focused on waterways and rivers to do that. I mean, what, what, what is the genesis of this idea for you? Well, the personal side is just, as you said, uh, someone who likes being outdoors and saw the value of it in my own life and the life of my own kids. But the work I was doing at the time was for a freight company that was a unit of a electric utility. And the freight industry doesn't have much interaction with the public. We had some political issues going on in the U.S. Congress we're going to talk a little bit more about that later in this show. But the issue was that we didn't have public support because the public didn't understand us. And so the political folks we went and spoke to said, well, we don't know anything about you either. Uh, you know, start from scratch and get in line. And so we had a uh, opportunity to go back into our communities. And, and St. Louis was the place we started and uh, work with kids at outdoor festivals and uh, science days out by the river. And as we spent more time with the teachers and with the kids, we got a better understanding of what would be effective and helpful. And then over the course of a few years, we got better and better at it. And we've been in uh, operation now for about 12 years, and about a million kids and families have gone through various parts of the program from uh, Minnesota to Louisiana and from Long Island, New York to Portland, Oregon. I want to get into the details of how those programs work and what they look like, but your this organization was actually your, your employer helped you get it going, right? Right. Uh, we spoke a little bit inside the company about how we talk to the public, uh, starting with the families of our employees, uh, a couple thousand employees, and then went on from there and got more engaged with a public affairs side of uh, our business. Uh, we had uh, an opportunity, because business is good, to underwrite the formation of the program, hire the graphic designers and the writers and the first batches of teachers who went out and actually worked with the kids. And uh, I did basically a little bit of everything in order to 
uh, get the thing off the ground and also in order to understand the jobs that the other folks were being asked to do. So I worked with a lot of kids hand, uh, hand, hand, uh, out, well, like I said, on at a state park, uh, overlooking the confluence of the Missouri and Mississippi River. Uh, I went to a lot of teacher conferences, uh, uh, talked to teachers about how they could use the materials we were developing. And the entire time that we were doing it, it was always intended to be free, always intended to be an outdoor activity. We avoided strenuously all the temptations to do something that would put the kids in front of a computer or video. We wanted the kids outside, you know, uh, for all the reasons you mentioned in the introduction of building character and judgment and physical and mental health. Uh, we always felt that uh, kids outside was the way we wanted to go. And that also fit into the corporate uh, charity function or, or emphasis we had, which was on uh, developing kids and youth and helping them realize their potential uh, kid health care, uh, medical treatments, all those sorts of things. I want to talk about your overall mission. It seems like there's kind of two parts, which is what you, you know, you're talking about getting kids outside, getting kids outside, getting them healthy, getting them focused on the things that they can learn while they're outside. But also there's an industry component, meaning, you know, you also have um, trying to raise awareness about that sort of industry, that there's jobs there and things like that. Right. Yeah, the way the materials are organized and the programs are organized, uh, there are two tracks to it uh, for the young kids and then a third track for kids when they get older. But we develop uh, materials about wildlife and about the natural uh, course of rivers and what watersheds are and, and where they are. And uh, we also develop a uh, track of materials about what has been traded from the native times, uh, trading shells and trading wampum and uh, pelts uh, through the uh, you know the the arrival of the European traders and settlers through the modern era, where we're transporting corn and uh, coal and molasses and all sorts of other things along the waterways. So those are the two tracks. The the natural and the trade tracks of the kid program, which again is commerce, culture, and conservation of the Great Rivers and their watersheds. And then the track for older kids is called Who Works the Rivers? Mm -hmm. And kids at about middle school age start developing career preferences. They don't necessarily choose a career, although some kids do, but they start developing preferences of, I would like to do this sort of thing when I grow up. I want to uh, be a nuclear scientist, or, or I want to fix things, or I want to help animals, or uh, all kinds of very age-appropriate things that you hear from kids. And we had an industrial angle where we wanted to let the kids know that there were dozens of different kinds of careers working on the rivers, and some of those careers are in the natural side of things like park rangers and uh, nursery, you know, plant nursery folks. 
and part of their careers were in on the boats, like a, a boat captain or a boat cook. And then part of it was the shore side jobs, which is uh, people who dispatch the barges to the port they need to go to, people who uh, take care of insurance, people who take care of um, everything that goes on in a business. So that's the who works the river side. Again, it's career awareness, not vocational training. As kids get older and the end of their high school and then their uh, post-high school period, there are community colleges and institutes that teach the hands-on career skills, job skills. So that comes a little later. That's for young adults. And we're who works the river is for uh, career awareness for middle and high schoolers. I want to get into um, who works for river, who works the rivers a little bit more later. I wanted to ask you, is we had Living Lands and Waters. I, I saw on your website, um, Living Lands and Waters is one of your partner organizations. And, and they were on right. the show when I did an episode on conservation and preservation. They're, they're doing kind of similar things. They're also in the efforts of educating kids. But how are they different? How are you, you guys different? Right. And we're, uh, in, in my career in the uh, utility freight business, we're huge supporters of living lands and waters. I heard that episode and it was terrific. Uh, I subsequently saw the founder, Chad Pagracki, and congratulated him on how well that went. But their uh, emphasis historically has been on hands-on river cleanups where people go out with trash bags, volunteers go out with trash bags and pick up physical trash on the water shoreside and um, like things that get swept into the waterways that they go clean up. Uh, they recycle and they landfill that material. And then along the way, they developed a sub-program of planting trees, and their goal was a million trees, and I think they've exceeded that and kept on going. And then along the way, they also started working with teachers and kids. They have a classroom barge. So they're working kind of hands-on, place-by-place. Riverworks Discovery has some of the same goals, which is get folks outside, but what we do is activities for kids to go outdoors with an activity book or a worksheet and a pencil and do observation, create poetry, do math having to do with uh, what they see in front of them. Mark, we're going to take a quick break here, but stay with me. For our listeners, don't go away. We'll be right back. You're listening to Everyday Heroes. You're listening to Everyday Heroes on Miami's AM 880. Yes, welcome back to Everyday Heroes. In January of 2016, the Charities Aid Foundation produced a report called Gross Domestic Philanthropy, which looks at how charitable giving by individuals breaks down as a percentage of gross domestic product, or GDP. And GDP is another way of saying the size of a nation's economy. In that report, the United States ranked number one, and our ranking of charitable donations as a percentage of our economy was nearly double the next closest nation, which was New Zealand. And that is the charity factoid for today. 
Once again, I'm Jody Carroll, and I'm talking with Mark Carr, who's the founder of Riverworks Discovery, which is a coordinated effort that brings together the for-profit industry, community leaders, museums, nature centers, educators, and the general public in recognition of the role our rivers have played and will continue to play in our nation's future. Mark, so I wanted to get uh, into a little bit more of the details of Riverworks Discovery and how it works as far as, you know, education goes. You guys are really doing some truly amazing things with with the education side. But let's start with the commerce, culture, and conservation part. Can you elaborate on that a little bit more? Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. When we started the Riverworks Discovery program, uh, we wanted a neutral platform where a lot of people, a lot of organizations could support the effort to get more kids outdoors and look at uh, the rivers and their watersheds and to get engaged. The way we decided we could best do that is to create activities for kids uh, when they were outside, whether they were, you know, in a small group with their family, uh, on a field trip with hundreds of their fifth grade uh, classmates. And our ranking was, because we were an industrial company, was commerce, then culture, which is the history of uh, the river system, who's used it in the past, who's using it now, and then conservation, which is, of course, the uh, preserving the beautiful landscape we have and improving it where we can uh, by planting more trees, for example, mm-hmm. as we talked about with uh Living Lands and Waters in the last segment. So what we did is we developed uh, program materials for the kids and their parents, and we uh, tried to follow state and national standards for several different curriculum areas. The One of them that's real important to the country is science, technology, engineering, mm-hmm. and math, which folks know as the STEM mm-hmm disciplines, but we also have an arts uh, program that has a composition like writing your observations or, or a story or a poem about what you see in front of you as you're outdoors. We have uh, art uh, in the form of like drawings or paintings of things you see in, in front of you, uh, and we have music. There are uh, a number of historic songs about the waterways, uh, some classic, some uh, more modern. One of the ones kind of in the culture side that we work with is a Follow the Drinking Gourd song. Uh, that was part of the lore of slaves passing along a verbal map uh, to other slaves who were seeking freedom in the north, and they would follow uh, landmarks that were described in this song, Follow the Drinking Gourd, until they came to the Ohio River and then crossed into the free states of the north. Uh, so th- those are you know, some examples of how we decided ooh, would be the way that we could explain both the science and the, uh, the history and the arts uh, that have inspired folks for the whole human history. 
And so kids are learning that song that the slaves used as a mechanism for a map. That's one of the activities that we have, absolutely. That is awesome. I love that. So your website, I want to make sure everybody knows, so they can go to, um, it's, all one, would it be, it's all one word, riverworksdiscovery.org, and you can go in and very easily download. that. You, you, have, um, you have word searches. You have all sorts of things and activities that any parent, any teacher, any Cub Scout or Scout leader can download and have their kids go outside and, and complete these things. That's right. And if you go uh, with like an activity sheet with a, a kid or five kids or 20 kids, um, most of the activities can be done, you know, in a half hour, hour. If you use the log books, uh, of which there are two, there's the wheelhouse, which is the industrial trade side, and the wildlife, which is the outdoor conservation parts, all the activities combined in there uh, could take a week to do. So there's a scale. You can, a, a, a parent or teacher can pick out one or two activities to do, get them done in a, an hour or two, where they can, like on a summer camp, you can really focus on uh, the log books and, and fill out a whole week with science, with art, uh, poetry, painting, all that. So one of the things, you guys have a lot of partners and co-sponsors, and that is right. what helps you provide all of this to consumers for free. I wanted you to talk right. about the top-level organization, which is the Dubuque, Iowa History Museum, and, and what, what is their role in everything? As I mentioned in the earlier segment, uh, we started the program as a neutral brand uh, that industry folks could get behind. As we began, it was uh, to kind of explain the Corps of Engineers and the Coast Guard safety and, and environmental missions. Uh, and when we got into it several years uh, we recognized we had a tiger by the tail, and it started taking more and more uh, of our energy and became actually a distraction. It was so successful when we got up to like a hundred uh, co-sponsors who are custom or, or companies and about 200 uh, nonprofit or agency partners uh, like the state of Virginia's Department of Environmental Quality, who is a big supporter. Uh, we couldn't do it anymore. We didn't have the resources. Uh, I had other things to do in my job, and I had a small staff. So we uh, identified a couple of museums who might be able to take it over as their education program. And the museum in Dubuque, which is a substantial organization um, and well worth the trip uh, to Dubuque, Iowa, to see, they... Um, had the best fit. They were looking for a national program that they could raise their profile. They are a Smithsonian-affiliated museum and very high standards, and they already had a lot of children's activities, but those activities were place-based. You had to go to the museum to, to see and participate. So this became their uh, national program uh, for outreach after my company at the time uh, donated the intellectual property of uh, Riverworks Discovery and Who Works the Rivers. And we also uh, provided them with a pretty six-figure grant, and then we helped them identify other uh, grant-type funders to uh, 
get the program reestablished there, keep the momentum up, and then also uh, to build a traveling museum exhibit, which has gone around the country uh, for a few years now. It's currently in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and uh, moves around about every three or four months. That traveling exhibit is part of your, you know, not every kid lives by a waterway, so it's your avenue to more kids. Right. Can you describe that a little bit more? What is it it like? Sure, I'd be happy to, Jody. Thank you. Uh, So the the reason we did it is, just as you say, we recognized that our co-sponsors and our partners were along the waterways where we started out. And that's terrific, and it did a great job. But a lot of folks who need to know about this are on waterways that maybe aren't so big anymore, especially for the freight industry. Although, if you look at maps and you look at where cities are, uh, they're located in the same place that the natives settled. And the reason they settled there is because there's access to clean water and plenty of it. And so the traveling exhibit has... uh, For example, a working water table with uh, locks and dam parts and and channels and things. And kids stand next to it and get their hands wet and push little boats around and all. There are interpretive panels that have maybe uh, four or five different fish species and where they reside and what their ecological niche is. we got to take another break here. Stay with me uh, for listeners. Don't go away. We'll be right back. You're listening to Everyday Heroes. And we're back with more Everyday Heroes. Yes, welcome back and thank you for listening today. Everyday Heroes is presented by Think Freely Media, a nonprofit organization committed to promoting the values of human achievement, freedom, and empowerment. For more information or to make a kind donation to these efforts, please visit us at thinkfreelymedia.org. I'm Jody Carroll, and today we are talking about getting our kids healthy outside to learn about our rivers while they also gain education about things like science and history as well. For that discussion, we have with us today Mark Carr, and he's the founder of Riverworks Discovery, which is a national collaboration that aims to increase awareness of rivers and waterways while educating our kids about why they're important. So, Mark, I wanted to get into a little bit of the structural details about this organization. Uh, it's, a, it's a nonprofit, and again, all of these resources to the public are free. So I wanted to talk about how you guys are funded. Thanks. The program is a national outreach of the River Museum in Dubuque, Iowa, as you mentioned. That is a nonprofit. And the way that the program was founded and originally structured was that uh, we identified businesses who were also in the marine freight industry in one fashion or another. Maybe they were barge companies, maybe they were grain companies, or maybe they were vendors, for example, people who sold engines to boat companies or uh, those types of things. And we provided the materials for free. We, We had a team, and we, at my company at the time, developed the activity sheets and the logbooks and the exhibits. And we asked these co-sponsors around the country 
to adopt the materials and the program, put their own name on it for their own service territory, and then get engaged with their schools and with their scouting groups and get out, uh, work with the kids, and we would train their people or we would identify teachers who they could hire on a part-time basis uh, to go out and uh, work with the kids in their local communities. And that spread uh, across the country uh, over a period of several years. Now we have about uh, 200 co-sponsors. And uh, if you took all the agency departments and all, there are uh, a few hundred uh, partners who devote in-kind services. They don't pay uh, a sponsorship. They, um, you know, they, they, they may be like a museum that has kids come in, and that's the in-kind contribution that they make. But the folks who are providing the financial underwriting to the museum and to the, the program uh, are making cash contributions to the River Museum in Dubuque for Riverworks Discovery. And what states are you in? Are you your nonprofit? Do you do you have a lot of paid employees, or are you largely voluntary? Volunteers? We are very lean. We are very lean. The museum, of course, has a staff to operate the museum. The Riverworks Discovery, where I'm not officially, uh, I'm not an employee anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Uh, I'm a supporter now. Uh, <laughs> and when we are out with working with the kids from New York State, Long Island, that I mentioned earlier to Portland, Oregon, uh, teachers out there, and from the uh, waterways from Minneapolis, St. Paul, down to uh, New Orleans and across to Houston, over into Alabama. So uh, most of the sponsors are, as I said, they're corporations, they're in the maritime business, and uh, that's the financial support. But the people in the field who are working with the kids on a day-to-day basis, they could be uh, retirees or current employees of these companies. They could be teachers who've been engaged by the companies uh, because the employees don't have the the expertise or the personalities or the the patients. So out in the field, it's mostly volunteers, and that's been the history of the program. The volunteers might be getting paid by their own company. It's not necessarily completely, um, you know, folks who came in off the street looking for service they could provide, but they're not being paid to work with the kids. They're primarily being supported or underwritten by their corporations. You'd mentioned earlier uh, success, and I noticed that you were named um, uh, U.S. by the U.S. Um, Department of Transportation as champion of change. That must have felt good. Yeah, that, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, we had a ceremony at uh, the executive office building on the White House grounds. Uh, the museum accepted the award, um, and uh, had uh, quite a few champions of change. Some people had uh, created bike paths in their communities, and other people had done other things. But it was quite uh, quite an honor and, and quite a surprise. That's, that's excellent. We're going to take a quick break here. As a reminder, uh, the website is riverworksdiscovery.org. You can learn a lot. And uh, Mark, stay with me. We You're listening to Everyday Heroes. We will be right back.
Welcome back to Everyday Heroes. Yes, welcome back. I'm Jody Carroll. Think Freely Media's Everyday Heroes project is a multimedia initiative to tell stories of ordinary people transforming their communities. For more episodes and articles, please check out everydayheroesproject.com. Today, uh, with us today, once again, is Mark Carr, the founder of Riverworks Discovery. Riverworks Discovery brings together the for-profit industry, community leaders, museums, nature centers, educators, and again, the general public in recognition of the role our rivers have played and will continue to play in our nation's future. So, Mark, I wanted to get more into the details. I think it's important what you're doing with um, who works the rivers. And I, I wanted to just because people, I think, need to have an awareness that there are these job opportunities there. I saw on your website, um, I think it was, was it a, a, a river boat captain can earn like $145,000 a year. That's right. The, uh, co- the career path in the marine industry is a complete mystery to most people. Uh, probably second only to the fact that there is a marine industry. That's probably the biggest mystery to the general public. Right. And what we've found that unless you have uh, an aunt, uncle, grandparent, somewhere in your family who knows and works in that marine industry, whether they're on a boat or whether they're on the shore in a support capacity, um, you as a young person don't really see that as uh, a place where there's any jobs. Mm -hmm. Uh, Far more people think of boats as fishing boats and and things like that than think about them as an industry. But indeed, there are thousands and thousands of people in America who work in the industry and tens of thousands more on the shore side uh, in support of uh, different parts of the marine economy. But, uh, you know, the entry level um, is available for folks with all kinds of abilities and all kinds of interests. As I mentioned in the first segment, there are careers in uh, riverside conservation and environmental work. There are careers on the boats of all sorts from uh, the captain and pilot to the uh, cook, and uh, a boat underway with a cargo of barges uh, is a multi-million dollar moving business. And, uh, you know, the boat can costs maybe 9 to $15 million. The, the barges are a half a million each. You can be pushing between 5 and 50 barges. And then the cargo could be worth tens of millions of dollars in, in cargo value. You have a captain has a, a a staff of you know ten people working for him or her. Uh, on shore, there are folks who are uh, doing the um, various administrative tasks. You know, people in accounting, people in sales, uh, people who are doing public relations, like I was doing when I uh, got into Riverworks Discovery. And there's just a real broad variety. Who works the rivers helps explain and show those uh, careers to young folks. And the general audience is uh, high school groups that might come to an operating center or come to some kind of marine installation, maybe get 10 to 100 uh, young people and have uh, the opportunity to talk to people working in different aspects of their career. It's been a great program. It's offered coast to coast. It's free. Uh, as all, is all the rest of the program. You just have to get organized and go do it. Mm-hmm. 
I wanted to move on. There's a part of what you do. You spend a lot of time in D.C. You're trying to get policy um, passed. And I, I wanted to ask you how these efforts, um, how they work together with that overall goal of yours to get policy change. Well, thanks. And it is an important part from the very beginning. As I mentioned in the introduction, we have uh, a series of federal issues. You know, the waterways in the U.S., uh, your listeners might not know, but virtually everything about waterway policy is federal. That goes back to the founding fathers and founding mothers who recognized that disputes between the states about waters in or along their borders could cause serious trouble uh, and be a threat to the Union. So we uh, looked at who our federal uh, agencies were, and there are basically two. It's the Corps of Engineers and the Coast Guard. And both of those have committees in Congress and departments in the administration who uh, oversee their authorizations to do things and their appropriations of money to pay for what they're doing. And when we began the program, we would, uh, of course, keep track of the number of kids and where they lived. We didn't keep track of their name and their home address and that kind of privacy stuff. But we knew that we had 100 kids from a suburban Cincinnati school district that came and looked at uh, the different parts of our program. So we would... uh, when we went to Washington for our regular expeditions to meet our policymakers, we would be able to say, hey, this is a workbook. This is typical of what kids in that suburban Cincinnati suburb did, and here's how many we saw. And the reason that we're telling you that is we want you to know we're out in your jurisdiction trying to create our own future and trying to explain to the public why we're worthy of political support and make it easier for those policymakers to enact the legislation and appropriate the money that's necessary to support the marine industry. So once again, it comes down to education. And in that sense, you're educating our legislators. Mark, we're going to take another quick break here for listeners. Uh, You can visit their website, riverworksdiscovery.org, and that uh, website will be linked to our podcast when we go there. But don't go away. We'll be right back. You're listening to Everyday Heroes. And we're back with more Everyday Heroes. Welcome back to Everyday Heroes. I'm Jody Carroll. Everyday Heroes is dedicated to championing the amazing individuals in our nation who aren't demanding policies and politicians change our world for the better. But instead, they're taking the initiative to step up and organize to create that positive change. Once again, today we're talking about getting kids healthy outside while they also learn a few things along the way. Mark Carr is our guest and he's telling us about the organization he founded, which is called Riverworks Discovery. And we're learning how they're getting kids outside healthy and learning a lot. So Mark, let's start um, this segment with, do you have a story, maybe uh, something that is inspiring, maybe a teacher or a scout leader, you know, used your programs and found it to be really beneficial. Well, let me go back to uh, one of our 
uh, co-sponsors, nonprofit agency in Virginia, the Virginia Department of Environmental Quality. Um, we've spent a lot of time out there, and folks don't seem to think that's a maritime state if they're in other parts of the world. But in fact, Virginia's got a huge maritime history. We've uh, spent a lot of time with teachers out there, and uh, because the state is focused on the Chesapeake Bay and diverse, diver, diver, excuse me, uh, deservedly so, they didn't think much about their river waterways. But we've had a lot of feedback from teachers out there saying, hey, this really showed us a different part of our culture and a different part of our economy, and it's something that it builds on the base state um, emphasis that they have. So that that's that was real heartwarming. So we only have a little over two minutes left, but I wanted to. What's next? I know you have things working. You know you've you've got vision still. I want to hear what's next. Well, we've developed uh, a strategy of communications when we developed the RiverWorks Discovery and. Uh, one of the things that I've been talking to some folks about, and I'd like to find some sponsorship for, uh, just like kids don't understand careers on the waterway, they don't understand careers in conservation either. And agencies at local, state, and federal levels have lots and lots of outdoor hands-on jobs. And what I would like to do is develop a program to help kids in the cities who don't have those kind of role models to understand the terrific uh, hands-on careers in uh, conservation and, and land management. And that's where your traveling exhibit can also help getting and reaching kids in the inner city areas since, you know, not there are plenty of uh, cities on waterways, but, you know, that traveling ex- um, exhibit is a, a component of that effort. That's right, and it's been a, a good part of it. Uh, this really opens up the geography, gets us uh, opportunities outside the river system. Well, that is awesome. What is your what is your big vision in the long run? My vision is to get more kids outside for all the right reasons: uh, uh, understanding of their world, uh, health, mental and physical health. Um, get them outside. Everything you do with a kid is better if you do it outdoors. Yeah, well, not when it's uh, below zero. You won't get me out there. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Well, you know. Okay, well, Mark, it's been really excellent having you on today and learning all of these fantastic things that you guys are doing. Thank you so much for being here to really get out the word and for your efforts in educating not just our, the public, but our legislators as well of you know why this is important. And I, I think it's going to be a fantastic episode. Thank you so much for being here. I want to make sure uh, your website, once again, is riverworksdiscovery.org. And that website will be linked to our podcast when it goes there. For our listeners, I hope you enjoyed listening to today's episode of Everyday Heroes, presented by Think Freely Media. Please join me here again next week for another episode of Everyday Heroes. Everyday Heroes are what make America, America. Thanks for listening to Everyday Heroes. For more episodes and articles, check out everydayheroesproject.com.